I mean, as you and I have talked here, I mean, we've done some really interesting and good things. We have some nice accolades, but I don't always like talking about them. It feels contrived or I just don't dig doing it, but that's important to do. And and I had to learn to, to get over that. And part of that was asking for help from some other people and then accepting that help and getting out of your own way. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Longtime listeners to the show will know that I am an avid knife collector and I love finding the craftsmen, the experts who make fantastic knives and bringing them on the show and interviewing them because I just love knives. And these folks are pretty smart business people to boot. And today we have for you the founder of an extraordinary new knife company called Sniper Bladeworks. He is the chief designer and the founder of this company, and he's got a lot of cool things to share with us. I am pleased to welcome the one, the only Lance Abernathy. Welcome to the show, Lance. Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Man, it's a pleasure to have you here, my brother. So listen, person listening to my show is a business owner, okay? To me, business owners are the most important people in our society because they've got the courage to go after their dreams. And because they do that, they create jobs, they create innovations that help people lead better lives, and they frankly help spread the cause of freedom and free enterprise throughout the world. So they want to learn from you. They want to learn uh, how you did what you did. They want to hear your story. So let's start with your story, Lance. Tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the one and only Lance? Well, uh, thank you for that introduction, by the way. We we started doing the knife thing in about 2009. Now, prior to that, I've been a knife collector since I was a little kid uh, and a knife enthusiast. The uh, knife making uh, knife makers guild show was here in Kansas City for a number of years in the 70s and 80s. And we would go to that show with my dad and really enjoyed it. So I've, I've been somewhere in the early uh, 90s, I designed a few things and had them made. And the Mineral Mountain Hatchet Works people out of Arkansas did that for me. And that was a fun experience. And then again, in the early 2000s, my dad had kind of gotten back into some high-end knives, uh, folders and and the like. And so I was kind of getting back into them. And through that, we uh, started making some high-end stuff. I met Don Hansen, who's a Missouri guy and but super famous, and Jody Muller, who is uh, kind of the same, uh, real high-end maker and graver. And we made some stuff with them and won some shows. And kind of based on that, we uh, we we started looking at maybe – 
having a company and making knives. I was kind of finishing up law enforcement. I'd done about 13 years um, and was looking to do something else. So Jody, who I was doing a lot of work with, and that's Muller Forge, uh, started showing me more about making knives and kind of the knife business and that side of it. And that's kind of where it came from. Coolio, 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 Coolio. So you got your business going. Tell me what your vision for all this was. Um, you know, I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to do something other than law enforcement. I really liked knives. We were trying to make, you know, somewhere kind of a high end or higher end custom that was still affordable. You know, we sort of followed the Strider model a bit where, you know, the handles were all pretty similar, but we could do some different things with the blades and hand ground the blades. Um, you know, that seemed to work pretty well. We, you know, we had a lot of success and interest right out of the chute, which was fortunate for us. You know, I think the difference between our knives and a lot of other knives, and we'll see if we can get you some pictures to kind of show shaped a little different. The handles, funky shape and some curvature to them that makes them, at least in my opinion, very ergonomic. They're built to fit your hand very well. And that was kind of really what our eyes started was I took a handful of knives when, when this project was kicking off and I decided, why do I like one handle better than the other? And I, I just dissected all that, uh, studied it. And then I was, after I came up with that, I, I kind of wanted to figure out what would make it even better. And, and I just looked at how my hand was built, right? And what would then fit it even better from there. And that's kind of how we came up with our Sniper Bladeworks standard handle shape. Uh, a little bit of pistol grip, a little hump on top that sort of takes up that gap, gap between your thumb and where your palm starts. Sure. And, um, you know, we want them to be very comfortable. We want them to just melt into your hand. And, you know, I think we achieved that pretty well. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So tell me about the first knife you guys designed and launched through Sniper Blade Work. So the very first knife we did was the old piece that um, the rest of the thing, different but that one stood here jody came up with that because I mean, we hadn't been making it very long and a magazine picked it up and dug in one to run a story on it so he had to just come up with a name off the top of his head kind of like to do generic names um we don't don't get too crazy or flashy with them the strider guys kind of do the same thing and some other people as well and i kind of like that like i don't, don't want to name a knife the executioner right nice. you know, especially if you might have have to with it someday. I mean, that's pretty rare, uh, but we like to just kind of keep them, keep them kind of tame. And uh, so he kept in that, in that genre, but you know, he just came up with LPC and we made that, we actually designed that back in about 08. That was like first apartment in 09 and started doing this full time. Um, but the LPC was the first Sniper Blade Works design. And uh, it's still one of my favorites. It's the number one seller here in this uh, Kickstarter, the 2020 reload that we're doing. And, you know, it's, I think it's just kind of stood the test of time. It's just a great all around tactical knife. Looks sexy, runs well. You know, I, 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 in my opinion, for whatever that's worth, you know, I think it's pretty much everything a tactical folder should be. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going online here and I'm taking a look at, um, uh, you know, the handle uh, of one of your knives on the webpage. And it's a pretty unique handle, you know. Um, it's a very unique handle, as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. Do you have stuff? Do you want me to shoot something over and see if Adam can shoot you something over? Or to take a quick peek at while we're rolling here? Sure, man. Go for it. So Let's see if we can get our one-pager shot over okay. to you. That's good. So, you know, I'm, I'm online. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at some of this stuff and it's, it, it's funky. I mean, I've never seen a handle like that before. So you, you clearly, you make handles differently than anybody else that I've ever seen, right? Like you've taken the ergonomics of the handle to a whole new level, right? Like it's designed the way a hand is shaped, right? The, the handle's designed the way a hand is shaped. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was my goal. I mean, that's what we've tried to do. And we can, you know, one of these days, if we can, I mean, we can actually show you some of that on video. We'll shoot you some pics to maybe see no, it. Uh, no, you, 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 yeah. you, you need to sell me a knife. That's what you need to do. You need to get, you need to find a way to get it to Canada where <laughs> I am because this is, oh, yeah, this is no, fantastic. We've already, I, I think we've already figured that. I mean, I've shipped a ton of stuff to Canada, but it's been a minute. I don't know if that's, you know, with everything going on, if that's changed, but we've, uh, I think we've got a workaround for all the Canadian folks. So Man, yeah, if, if you want a folder, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get it to you. So I'm, I'm looking at the folder, which has got a black handle with some gold stripes on it. Which one's that? Yeah. That is the DMF. And that guy, it's, uh, I think those inserts are bronze, if I remember correctly. And um, we had that. That's a neat knife. I really liked it. When I started drawing it up, I knew, you know, I kind of really felt like I was on to something there. Yeah. I liked its look. I like the feel of it. Um, and we actually had that on the cover of Blade Magazine. Wow. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. You wouldn't you wouldn't know that. I mean, you know, because my website sucked and I'm pretty horrible about promoting myself most days. But uh, yeah, you got to you, you yeah, change that, man. Yeah, you're good at promoting yourself. You got some pretty nice looking knives here, man. The LPC looks like that thing looks incredible. Yeah. And that's one is, you know, that's always been one of our best sellers. We've got, you know, a good handful of uh, tactical guys, be it military or police that like that and use it it's uh you know i think it's kind of standing the test of time it's a beautiful knife i'll tell you that i'd like one of those <laughs> i definitely like one of those so what kind of steel do you use in that knife um so for the lpc it is it is pretty much identical to the custom lpcs we've made in the past the lpc um you know, back to the not promoting myself, very good thing that I've been yelled at. So I'm doing it here. Hopefully I don't sound like a tool, but the LPC actually won the blade shows tactical folder award uh, that's good. in 2013. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's actually kind of a neat deal. That's the biggest knife show in the world. And at the time, tactical folders were pretty much the hottest knives at that point. So that was a neat time to do it. But the, the, Components are just almost identical, and in some cases better, to the customs that we've done. The steel is S30V. 
The frame is titanium. The clip's titanium. Uh, the liner is stainless, but it's been skeletonized to take some of the weight out of it. So that's cool. The, you know, same G10. Uh, we, but the nice part is we reworked the internals. So now it runs on bearings, yeah. which is cool because before there was not room to run them on bearings. So the thing just opens, opens up smooth as glass. It, it, it flips like a champion. And then we also have a combination and like an over-travel locking device in there. So you're not actually locking up against the titanium. You know, you're locking up on a little insert, which then keeps you from opening the knife too far when you unlock it and take the spring out of the lock bar. And then it, it locks up on that. So you're locking on steel to steel. So, you, you know, if you, if you start to, you know, if you use that knife a ton or if you're one of those dudes that likes to open your knife like you're cracking a bullwhip and just putting a ton of wear on it, you know, that part could then be replaced and you would go back to lock and, you know, like it's a brand new knife. And, and the, the customs didn't have that. So this is, this is a great, this has some really neat upgrades you know, at a way better price. And that was kind of why we wanted to do this. One of the reasons was, you know, I wanted to get more knives into more people's hands, in particular, my buddies, you know, buddies, firemen, military, I can't. Yeah, man, I totally get it. This is amazing. First of all, thank you for your service in law enforcement. I know that these days there's a lot of people who aren't giving props to law enforcement. I I appreciate law enforcement, and I appreciate anybody who's willing to put their life on the line to help keep me and my family safe. So thank you for doing that. And secondly, I'll tell you something. Your design skills are unparalleled. I mean, what you've done with the knife handles is the best handle work I've ever seen. You know, you, you've you've come up with a way for someone to grip a knife that actually Why? works with the natural way a hand is shaped, right? Because most knives... They just got a straight handle, but that's not the way a, hand, a person's hand is shaped, right? So, I mean, it works, but to see someone do what you've done and like get into ergonomically designing a handle in such a way that it naturally fits into somebody's hand, I think that's a fantastic thing. I love it. No, and I appreciate that. I mean, I th that was our goal. Um, you know, and I, I still own a, and still buy some handles that are straight. I like them. Um, you know, I don't think this is necessary the way but i think it's a way and it's a way that works for us it's how we like to make knives it's kind of our unique contribution to the market and it's just it's the way we do things but you know i think it works i think it feels good you know it gets the tip of the blade pointing down range without having to cant your wrist over it feels very comfortable in the hand um, you know, we, we work real hard to round kind of dehorn all those edges so it works in other grips as well try to take all the hot spots out of them. You know, for me, I mean, I like the blade, but I'm a handle guy. And that's, you know, that's kind of, I think, where we shine. And I think that's the nice thing about this project, too, is 100% of all the stuff from the custom transfers over to this project because you're getting all the goodness. The handle's the exact same shape, size, everything. You know, so that this, our, our brand lent itself well the production application. So how'd you come up with the name uh, Sniper Blade Works? Uh, I was a sniper at the Sheriff's Department or tactical marksman, whatever you want to call it these days. On no the kidding. Team. 
So, so, you know, prior to this, we had had some shirts made, you know, we had a grateful dead logo. Cause I'm also a deadhead. I'm kind of right wing hippie. And I uh, love it, man. So we had the sniper tab on top of that. I had a, you know, mill dot scope reticle inside of there. USN uh, forums and some other stuff. And we'd sold some shirts like that. And it was kind of cool. So when we started the company, we're like, why don't we just call it Sniper Blade Works and just put a rocker on the bottom with Blade Works. So that's how the logo came about and the name. I love it. By the way, the fact that you're a deadhead's kind of cool. You need to buy and read a book called Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead by David Meerman Scott and this guy Halligan, who's the founder of HubSpot. So these guys talk about how the Grateful Dead marketed themselves. And it's a fascinating read. So if you're a deadhead, you're going to love this book. Uh, and the, yeah, I'll check it out. You should check it out. The forward to it was written by Bill Walton. You know, Bill Walton's a big deadhead too, right? The basketball player? Yeah, the basketball player. Yeah. Sure. So I, I think that's great, man. <laughs> Right-wing hippie. That's a good one. I love it. <laughs> All right, so if you're digging on that, then you'll like the name thing because all the names are dead names for the most part. Is that right? Right. Well, so the LPC wasn't because Jody just had to pull that off the top of his head. But the other ones, um, like the, we don't have one in this lineup, but the DH is Dark Hollow. The DMF is Dear Mr. Fantasy. Have you ever thought of sending one of your knives to some members of the dead? You know, if I knew how to get a hold of them, I might. Like the Dashie was originally a UC, right? Which kind of sounds like undercover, but it's the broken. Chain. Listen, man, just just <laughs> all you got to do is get your get your get your um, your uh, CEO and those guys to go on and do some social media stuff, and just say, "Hey, man, we're a right wing hippie, and we've got we've got knives inspired by the Grateful Dead." and yeah, uh, here's here's what we've created, and I'll, I bet you those guys will be into it. <laughs> yeah, they might. Can can you tell me the mammoth? So who, who, I don't know what the name for the mammoth. Me and my uncle. Oh my god, that's oh, awesome! Great stuff. Yeah, that's a great. That's I want awesome. to have some of that up when we get done. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we got Ben and Jerry who created ice cream and named it after the, the Grateful Dead. <laughs> We've got you making knives and naming it after the Grateful Dead. I think that's what I see. That, see, that is how you promote yourself. You talk about something like the Grateful Dead and how much you love it and why you named some of your knives after the dead and you being a right-wing hippie. I think that's cool. That's promotion-worthy, you know? Right. We don't, we don't always tell everybody that. In the old days, we'd be out drinking, right, and we'd have some of our gear on. And people would come up to us and like the shirts, right? Because the old logo uh, still had the skull in there. And they would be like, you know, they'd look at it, and, you know, because you know they're kind of getting it, but they're trying to put it together. And they're like, what's what's Sniper? And I'm like, well, we're, we're a Grateful Dead tribute band. <laughs> right? You know, because I knew they didn't care about knives. So I'm just like, yeah, we're a Grateful Dead tribute band. Really? Like, where do you play? I'm like, we're playing here tonight. I play keys. Stick around. <laughs> They, uh, we had so much fun with that, but yeah, I, I'm, I've loved the dead for years and, uh, you know, I like all that old bluegrass and their country covers and a lot of the other stuff. So it just, it was a fun way to do it. 
Good for you, man. I think that's totally awesome. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. So cool. So, you know, this, this is a cool way to market this. This is a cool way to promote yourself. Talk about something like that. I think it's a beautiful thing. It truly is. God bless you for, for uh, doing that. God bless you for loving uh, the Grateful Dead and uh, for coming up with handles as the way to differentiate yourself. So I say this whole handle aspect of knife design is something that very, very few people do. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't. I mean, you see some people doing parts of it, but not all together. And that, that's, that's great. I mean, it, it helps us. So... I don't know why more people don't do it, but I'm glad that they don't because, you know, we haven't patented it. But I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a firm believer in if a tool is comfortable, you're more likely to use it. You're more likely to carry it. You'll have it with you when you need it. You'll enjoy using it more. Um, I just, the handle to me is more important than the blade and, it, you know, and it's worked well for us. So. Just, just kind of how I'm, I'm motivated, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think it's uh, it's super, super important. And I, I never thought of it that way. I've always looked at blades. You know, handles were a nice afterthought. But looking at the design that you put into handles makes me think, you know what? I need to buy some knives with some really good handle design. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think you're better control of the tool. You're going to have more likely to want to use it to to feel more confident and um you know i just i think it's just a really important aspect and it's something that i enjoy doing and it's it's what i'm i mean i'm proud of the whole thing and i've worked very hard on it over the years but the handle portion of it is what i think i'm most proud of i think it's what's most unique to us you know it's just it's just the point of passion for me I'll tell you, at some point, you ought to do uh, what guys like Rick Hender and Ernie Emerson have done and go to a company like um, uh, Kershaw and Zero Tolerance and, and offer to do some design work for them on the handle side. Because I think those guys don't have anything with the type of handle you have. And it's a beautiful thing to create a great knife with that kind of handle. And those guys do have some good reach. So, you know, that might be a, a cool thing for you guys to think about down the road. Yeah, definitely. You know, if anyone Kershaw is listening, reach out to us uh, or Gerber or whoever. Yeah, I mean that's you know designing is really what I like doing most. So I'm I'm always I'm always happy to uh, put a paper and knock something out. No, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So we've we've got our right wing hippie over here who's a deadhead who makes fantastic knives with beautiful handles. I'm going to make sure I pick up a couple of them for myself. Uh, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. So we like to end off each and every single one of our episodes by asking you as our guest expert to share your best three pieces of life or business advice for our listeners. So what do you say, Lance? Um, I had to learn and being a cop and a little type A, I had to learn to ask for some help. I am not, not a business good at marketing myself. I mean, because I think we've, I mean, as you and I have talked here, I mean, we've done some really interesting and good things. We have some nice accolades, but I don't always like talking about them. It feels contrived or I just don't dig doing it, but that's important to do. And and I had to learn to to get over that. And part of that was asking for help from some other people and then accepting that help and getting out of your own way. 
I try occasionally to still interject. And then I have to remind myself that there's a reason why we brought these people in and we need to let them do what they're good at. And I need to shut up. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, and that's, that's just, true. That's important. You know, get, getting out of your own. Sometimes it's focus on the things that I'm really good at. And then I'm going to empower some people to do things that they're good at and try and not hamstring them uh, too much to be a little more like organized or disciplined. When we first started this thing, right. You know, we ran it like a frat house. It was horrible. I mean, it was a horrible business model, <laughs> but we'd all, you know, everyone in our group were cops. They were military. Some of them were both. So we had a lot of structure and discipline in our lives. And, you know, we may be in that midlife crisis time, you know, we're all somewhere around mid thirties, forties, mid forties. And we're like, we can do whatever we want, right? I can get up and start drinking at breakfast. And I did some days or lunch or whatever, because there was no one to tell me, no, I can have a Mohawk. I can grow a beard. I can do whatever I want. And it was fun. And it was nice to maybe experience that after having so much discipline and structure in your life, but that is not a good business model. You can really learn a lot of things from just don't doing a lot of the, the stuff that I did down the road. You know, don't drink too much. Uh, occasionally that creates some creative or makes for some creative sessions on building, but, you know, running around half tuned up is just not really track, not going to be as productive. You know, I think there's, you know, a certain amount of structure and discipline is a good thing. It's good for kids. When I worked in the jail, it's good for inmates. You know, it was good for us as deputies, and it's it's good in the business thing. Get get yourself a little bit of structure, some parameters to work within. You'll probably be more successful. That's some really good advice, and I especially like your first piece of advice around asking for help. I, I've got this mantra. I call it hashtag don't don't do twenty twenty alone. Hashtag don't do life alone. Hashtag don't do business alone. The biggest dilemma of the entrepreneur is they tend to do things alone. They don't ask for help. And many of them are really good, smart, competent people. And that's the reason they do things alone. But the problem is nobody can do everything. And if you try to do everything, you won't do what you're best at. So you're a great designer, right? And you design uh, knives and handles in particular that are out of this world. And it's important that someone with your skill set be able to focus most of their time doing their genius. And somebody else who's good at other things do those things. So kudos to you for really being able to get out of your own way and let people who are good at things that you're not good at do those things to help your company grow. Yeah. It, I mean, it, t it, it took me a minute to get there. I mean, right, because we've been doing this for you know, kind of since 08. So that's 12 years ish now. Um, you know, I mean, it, it took me a minute to, to learn that or figure that out. And, it, and I still have to deal with it, right? I, they still do things that I don't always like, or it just, it makes me, I don't know if cringe is the right word, but some of the stuff they write some days, I'm just like, holy cow, guys, that's a little much, right? But, you know, somewhere in there, you just, you need to empower them and then let them go and just step back and 
let the process work itself out, you know, focus. I mean, I think you always hear, here's a good one too. And this, I mean, I saw this at the sheriff's department or not at the sheriff's department employed, but you want to put people in roles where they can succeed, right? I mean, you want to challenge them some, but you know, sometimes you, you know, you have a guy that just cannot do this task, but he's going to be really good at something else. Put them in those roles. You know, in my case, I'm good at designing this. I'm great at making the handles. I'm not the greatest grinder in the world. Right. I'm not the greatest sharpener. Those are, you know, those are skills I'm still working on, but that you don't want me finishing that or, you know, you don't want me knocking those things out, but you do want me designing it. You want me making it. You want me making those handles just as perfect and comfortable as they can be. And the same with, you don't want me marketing this. Cause I, I did a, I did a poor job. You know, there's the seven P's, you know, about the seven P's Nikki. Um, no. What are the seven P's? Previous proper planning prevents piss poor performance, right? Nice. You know, put people in, put people in roles where they can succeed. You know, plan this stuff out. Try and not do it on the fly, and you'll just be better off. It's that same kind of like that old adage: the harder I work, the luckier I get, right? But putting people in roles where you know that they can succeed. I think is a good one. And that's, you know, that's what we've done here. I mean, we've proven over time that I'm not ever going to really market this thing as effectively as I should, you know, so I'm going to stick to design. I'm going to throw them some ideas and then I'm going to let the actual creative internet, I I refer to them as our Intel squirrels, right? I'm going to let our Intel squirrels do that. And I'm going to stick to the knives. And one of these days when this thing slows down, I mean, I, I enjoy talking with people. We'll, do, we'll continue to do some of this, but I'd like to start spending more time in the shop. That's fantastic, man. I, I like the seven piece. That's a good one. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. That's awesome. Lance, listen, I've really enjoyed our, our talk, man. We definitely need to talk offline about getting me a knife or two. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I wish you great success in getting the word out. Uh, you're doing incredible work. And for listeners, this is what it looks like when someone is a master craftsman who's true, a true thought leader in an area of business. His thought leadership, what has him stand out inside the knife world, is that he makes the best handles around when it comes to creating knives. Nobody else that I know of really focuses on the handles to a greater extent that they focus on the blade and sniper blade works and Lance Abernathy do that. That's something that has them stand out. That's thought leadership in action. So if you're thinking to yourself, listener, hey, Lance sounds great. I'm definitely going to go to sniperbladeworks.com. I'm going to go check out some of their knives. I'm going to support the work that they do. You know, I like this right-wing hippie guy who likes the Grateful Dead. But how do I turn that into magic for myself? How do I become my version of Lance? How do I show my genius and bring it out? Well, I'm going to give you some advice. Number one is start sharing those parts of you that are unique, like Lance did, you know, like you being that that right-wing hippie who likes the, the Grateful Dead. I think that's important. So if you got something in your makeup like that and you do, start talking about it and sharing it because people are going to connect with that. The second thing that you need to do is that you need to actually start caring enough about something that you want to bring it out into the world and you want to share it with people inside of your business. So in Lance, it's knife making and and making knives with fantastic handles. For you, it could be, I don't know, coaching or consulting or a relationship program or, or whatever the heck it happens to be. Make sure that you care enough about something, you bring it out there. And the last thing you want to do 
is go to my website, eCircleAcademy.com, and click on the button that says Watch Webinar. And watch that webinar because it's going to show you a blueprint for how you can take that genius within and bring it out and turn it into money. And it's absolutely free. And then once you've watched that, if you think you need some more help, there's another button right next to it that says Book a Success Call. Click on that, Book a Success Call. That's free too. And we'll help you put together that blueprint with some help. And if you still need help, then we've got some programs available for you to check out. And we can talk about that on the call. Okay. Lance, man, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's not every day that I get to interview the founder of a knife company, but being a, a knife nut, it's a lot of fun for me to do so. And I really appreciate you introducing what you do, how you do it, and the fact that you're this right-wing hippie deadhead who makes knives with the best handles in the business. That was a lot of fun for me to find out about. Well, thank you, Nikki. I appreciate that. I appreciate you having us on. That's one of my favorite things along with making and designing these knives is actually the people that I've met along the journey. Some of my best friends in life now are people that I've met through shows, customers, dealers. Um, so this, it's been an amazing and an exciting uh, journey. And it was great getting to meet you. I appreciate your time. I thank you, sir. And I appreciate yours. It was a lot of fun to meet you. And I can't wait to add a couple of your knives to my collection. We'll make it happen for you, brother. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Lance Abernathy and Sniper Bladeworks, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the links in the show notes for how you can pick up uh, one of their knives for yourself and make sure that you do that. Make sure that you support this man. I think it's super cool what he's doing. Uh, for crying out loud, being a right-wing hippie who likes the Grateful Dead, that's worthy of support in of itself. But also being able to support North American manufacturing, that's an amazing thing as well. So make sure that you do that because it's a beautiful thing when you get to buy things that are made in Canada, made in the USA, and Sniper Blade Works makes their knives in the good old US of A. So make sure that you support these folks and the work that they do. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>